Welcome to the Harrington Star FinTech Diversity and Inclusion Discussions. I want to showcase the people across our industry who are advocates for change. I love to celebrate the wins, but we know that we need so much more to be done to ensure that change actually happens. In these diversity and inclusion discussions, I have a number of series. The Humans of FinTech, the Talent Surgery, the Maternity and Paternity Stories, and the longest running of them all, the Women of FinTech podcast series. I do lots of work to drive change campaigns across our industry to increase inclusion within the workplace. So please contact me for more information to see how we can partner together. You can contact me through my LinkedIn or at nadia.edwards-dashti at harringtonstar.com. In the meantime, enjoy the show. Hello everyone and welcome to the very first of our Fintech Focus podcast weekly roundups with me, Toby Babb and with Nadia Edwards-Dashti. Together we are, now that Nadia and Toby. <laughs> <laughs> um, listen, thanks a lot for tuning in. Uh, we wanted to use this opportunity to talk through some of the things that we've seen from, uh, from hosting our daily podcasts, um, myself on Monday, Wednesday and Friday, Nadia on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Uh, and see some of the trends and, and core themes that we're seeing in the fintech market over the course of this week. So Nadia, tell us who you've been speaking to this week and, uh, and what's coming up. Well, um, this week I've had uh, a couple of excellent podcasts, um, real standout ones. Um, so one of them uh, was Viola Llewellyn. She's the president and co-founder of Avamba Solutions. So I don't know whether everybody's heard of Avamba, but um, Avamba are really standout. They've, uh, they're award-winning um, and they're Africa's leading trade tech innovator for emerging markets. Um, but the things that I absolutely loved her saying um, about the market this week was that she spoke about how you can build a business, um, even in the toughest of markets. Um, one of the things she said was mistakes in business often happen on the way to getting it right. And I absolutely loved that because I think right now there's so many challenges out there. And if we can just say to ourselves, let's keep progressing, let's keep moving forward. Mistakes can happen, mistakes will happen, but actually they happen on the way of getting it right. So I thought that was a really, really good sentiment. Um, Another fantastic podcast that I recorded this week was with the head of product at a company called Big Pay. You can imagine what Big Pay do. Um, and her name was Monica Milares. Um, and Monica is so passionate, so fiery, and she's just an absolute pleasure to listen to because she celebrates the fact that she's different. Um, she loves the fact that um, everybody is different and she believes in culture and cultural differences and bringing those differences together in business to get the strongest business ever. Um, so her, her episode was very much about caring for people around her, making sure that people feel looked after so they can be their true self. She's really, really open and honest about the ups and downs of building a business, but she feels that there is a power of being unique within business. So I felt really, really positive um, having, having recorded both of those podcasts because in their own ways, they're such unique women talking about confidence in this challenging marketplace, talking about how they have reached their levels of success. And, and that actually was why I did my video 
of the week um, on confidence itself, um, which I'm sure we can go into a little bit later. But yeah, those two will stand out. Fantastic. It's, it's, um, it's really interesting, isn't it? I think both of us have, had, have been on a, an incredible journey over the last few months. Uh, just speaking to some, uh, some 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 really interesting people. I mean, God knows how many we've we've done, but probably about two hundred sort of real innovators and and thinkers in the fintech space. Um, uh, over, you know, and 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 so many lessons to learn. I mean, I've, I've uh, last week I was talking to um, Tom Cole over at Abacus, who's doing some incredible stuff with uh, with in the managed service space, uh, and and just hearing about the resilience of the hedge fund space. David Williams over at EY. Uh, and a real look, deep dive into all the trends there and the sort of impacts of negative rates and what can happen around that. I thought that was an excellent interview. Um, again, looking at, at common themes like AI and data and, and everything that's going to go into there. And again, you, you hear the companies who are really sort of uh, uh, getting to the, uh, to the forefront at the moment are those who are putting the customer experience and customer journey right at the heart of it all. So we're seeing some, uh, some big stuff around that. We've started editing and putting the snippets out of the debate, which will be out on the 18th, which I'm super excited about. So the debate is a, a special series where we're talking to loads and loads of different um, leaders in, in the space. On this particular uh, um, edition, we had Steve Grob from uh, Vision 57. Uh, we had uh, Glue 42. We had uh, Velox, um, loads of different companies, Rapid Edition. Companies there that are doing some amazing stuff, really looking around data and interoperability and the problems in the marketplace and where those solutions come out of it. And yesterday I had a great chat uh, with Equinus, James, James Morsley, talking about cloud and again, analytics that come into all of this. So we've got loads and loads of, uh, of great content coming your way uh, and loads of great information. And, and speaking of content, we've got the, um, the Ultimate FinTech Workplace Awards, which I know you and I have both been doing a lot of the, uh, the precursor interviews that are going over to the judges. And haven't and they been good? Haven't they just? So the financial technologist is going to have that for the third year in a row. We're going to find out where the best place to work is in 2020, officially. Yeah, I <laughs> judging on that. We've got Baringa judging on that. Ben Brabin's coming over to judge on that as well, and, and uh, a host of others as well. Uh, we've been talking over the last couple of weeks across Harrington Star to, to you know, hundred of the uh, of the best workplaces and why they make them that, and that has been an utter joy, I would say, from my side of it. I know you've been talking to a fair few big companies. Tell them what you've been hearing about what constitutes a great workplace at the moment. Oh yeah, I mean, I've got to say, it's been such a privilege, hasn't it, talking to so many companies about what makes them really stand out um, in this marketplace and what they've what they've done for their staff. Um, it's really like motivated me and us to do, um, to do some really cool things as well with, with our team. So Annie this week, if anyone's looked at us on LinkedIn, she had us all baking a cake, you know, and, and you know what the questions of, of uh, what we were asking each of these clients were, were really around, um, what do you do for your people? What have you done this year for your people? What do you do for your, um, what do you do to accommodate working parents? Um, you know, and it, it really, um, it really made me pause and think because, you know, look, this, this has been a challenge this year. We will continue to face challenges. God knows what next year's challenges will bring, but just to hear that so many companies have been so innovative when it comes to their people, that, that actually we have jumped uh, ahead light years when it comes to the flexibility that we will give staff nowadays um, and there's been so many companies within an industry that people think is stuck in the dark ages and this is one of my biggest the, the biggest thing that I, I really want to get out there to to different marketplaces not just telling fintech about fintech I want to tell tech about the fin of fintech that 
it's um it's so so forward thinking so people focused so creative so innovative um and the examples i can give you are just brilliant around you know so, some of these developers um mothers being developers and and deciding that actually they wanted to do a four till seven a.m. and crack through a load of code at that point and then look after their kids and then in the afternoon do a, do a few a few more bits of coding and companies being absolutely a okay with this because they want to do everything they can to support support these people within the business and allow them to play at their at their most successful so i've become obsessed with the term of set people up for success because i've heard so many companies within fintech tell us that that that's what they're doing for their staff and how much they care about their people so it's been an absolute privilege and i can't wait for us to release the magazine because um we're going to have quotes of these um if these different applications we're going to really highlight um the individuals that have bent over backwards for their people and i've got to say we work in a fantastic industry um, i'm so proud of it i'm so proud to be part of it yeah, I absolutely agree with you. And the, and the irony of this isn't isn't lost on the fact that I'm currently looking at you over a Zoom call bouncing a six-month baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so if anyone can hear some funny noises in the background, we've got a little six-month-old here who's been sent home from nursery because support one of the poor kids has had COVID. So um so yeah, exactly. And you know, we we're being as flexible as the industry we work in, which is great. Well, it's good to see her anyway. It's good to spend yeah. some quality. Time with Nina on the call today. Yeah, look for, for for me, it's been this is this is always one of my favourite things to do because it's uh, I've been talking about fintech focus to, to a number of people as, as sort of my mini MBA, uh, and the learning you've got from speaking to some of these brilliant people who are doing great stuff is great. So we've asked eight questions to every single company um, all around uh, what makes a great workplace, and we talked about culture. We've talked about uh, what specifically this year they've been doing. And some of them have, have taken that to say that this is some of the fun stuff we've been doing about how we keep culture and connectivity. Um, and there's been everything from curly fries and virtual pubs through, you know, through, through to bake-offs and everything in, in between. But more than anything else, it's been the human aspect of treating everyone individually that, that I think has been, because uh, everyone's got different challenges, everyone's got different opportunities. And the companies I think have done it great have, uh, have just looked at every individual and, and tailored it to them and their, their conditions. Skills and careers development has been extraordinary. Uh, making, you know, it's a very easy time to be stagnant, but making sure people can still see that they're, they're improving and, and developing how companies are ret retaining their best talent. But I think, you know, those people-centric, mission-led businesses who are doing some great stuff has been a real feature. And it has been a, a genuine uh, and true pleasure to be speaking to companies and, and hearing how passionate they get when they're talking about their business. And uh, we're, I'm really, really looking forward to, in the new year, releasing a whole series of videos with, with the companies that we've been talking about, uh, just talking about why they're a great place to work. Because I think it's 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 such an underestimated part of what we're talking about. And you know, massive, massive strides in, in thoughts around uh, uh, diversity and inclusion around uh, working parents, as you say, it's, it's, it's been brilliant. And, and when we release that magazine and, and showcase some of those companies and what they're doing, um, I wouldn't like to be one of the judges because we're going to be sending videos over to them that are, are, are very, very difficult, in my opinion, from the ones I've done. I haven't even listened to all of yours yet. Yeah. Uh, but I've got excited. There's companies there that, that, that are just just extraordinary to hear so it's been it's been great stuff and, and hearing that that sort of you know retention stories the 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 overwhelming success that we've heard from companies all the way through this as well i mean there's very very few people i've spoken to over the last six months who, who um who haven't dealt very very well with completely unique situations so it's been it's been really good fun 
Yeah. Speaking of, of the pandemic now, so we're, we're in a situation now where, um, where for the first time this week, we probably had quite a bit of good news coming through in the press. Um, yeah, there's uh, yeah, the vaccine in sight. We talk, we talk about normality by spring. Uh, we've seen the economy bounce back in today's papers uh, and uh, you know, move out of recession, so, you know, so, so, you know, so to speak. Um, we've seen the stock markets bounce to, to levels which haven't been seen before. Hiring levels that are, are probably at their highest uh, we've seen, despite you know some, some numbers on job losses, which is natural, I think, with the furlough scheme, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, but overwhelmingly, despite lockdown two, it's a very, very different spot, isn't it, economically and socially from uh, from lockdown one and where we were in March. Tell, tell, tell me your thoughts on that. Oh, I completely agree. And and again, like how how fantastic is that? Um, you know, so I, I've actually spoken a lot this week about confidence and mindset. Um, and you choosing you choosing how to deal with situations, and I just feel that yeah, you know, look, we couldn't choose that the vaccine would be would be as far as far forward as it is. But I do feel that this time round, lockdown two, companies, businesses, individuals uh, within those businesses are just playing playing the game so so differently than we did last time. Now that's natural because we didn't know what, what was going on last time, but this time round, people are making stuff work. Um, and when it comes to um, deciding on their new projects, when it comes to deciding on the new clients that they're going to go and talk to, people are making it work. And it's, um, as I said before, it's such a pleasure just to talk to so many different companies and individuals across the marketplace to hear how they're getting through to um, new businesses and how they're getting through to potential clients and what they're doing to make themselves unique and their, their proposition unique. And I think it's really um, making us work very hard to become the best that we can be um you know you know how i love saying every problem's an opportunity in disguise like this you know my god none of us would have wanted any of this you know let alone the, the health implications of it all but just like when we saw in um the recession back in 2008 it's 2007 2008 you know and when we, we started up our business in 2010 Look at how many businesses grew from that crisis. And I know you love, you and Winston Churchill love never waste a good crisis. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like I really feel like the fintech community is not wasting a second anymore. And for, from our point of view in the recruitment world, we have such um, a unique position that we get to see. We have such vast visibility of what's going on in the market. And a real key indicator of things on the up is when people start hiring again. And we are seeing that. Um, but I think that we have a responsibility, and this is something I feel quite passionate about, that we ensure that we do the absolute best we can to identify the right talent for businesses. Because as I've been saying all summer, there's a bottleneck. There's a bottleneck for projects. There's a bottleneck for people to make those projects happen. And um, what I love about us and how we're working with our clients is that we are, we are absolutely committed to getting the right people into the right jobs that are going to be there for a long time. And I think that be there for a long time because they're loving that job. They're progressing within that company. They're getting looked after properly. They're bringing their A game every day. They're set up for success. That to me is really, really important. And that, that to me wins over just get, just get people in and bums on seats. And that's something that we're just, we don't have anything to do with. So um, for me, I've absolutely loved speaking to a number of new companies this week about how passionate we are about doing things right because we have responsibility to the entire industry to build it in the right ways and, and make it the best it can possibly be. So uh, yeah, that, that's my thoughts on, on how positive things are right now. 
yeah, it's it's and, it, and it's great to hear it because I think it's been um, so you know every single day you can pick up a paper over the last six months and uh, and and cry yourself to sleep <laughs> with yeah. with them and uh, and actually to see that positivity is something which I, which I love and and all the way through it I think there's been uh, you know, glimmers of light and hope all, uh, you know throughout and it's been fantastic to see actually just this the stuff which I love which is positivity and the response to the market I've said it loads of times that the villain of the piece in 2008 was the uh, financial markets and and, and uh, one of the industries that's been so robust all the way through this and such the, the backbone and, and the sort of you know I, I, I struggle to say hero of the piece because that obviously goes down to the, uh, the public services and, and the NHS in particular but the financial services sector has been so so crucial and its strength to, to the uh, um, ability for the economy to, to go, you know, to carry on. It's been, uh, it's been great to see. It's been great to be involved involved with that. Um, I want to touch. You, you mentioned it there, and you spoke to, to about the, the sort of recruitment barometer and everything that's positive around that as well. Let's talk about recruitment a little bit because um, we have seen uh, the last few months see, see a, a continued uh, growth and spike in confidence. Hiring has come through from everyone sort of taking, you know, April May to. to to adjust and then we saw sort of hiring levels come back after that in June, July and, and, and realistically from uh, August, September, October, it's been a, a sort of return to pre-pandemic levels for many people. What are some of the, uh, the, the challenges that you've been hearing on the recruitment front for, for companies and, and some of the things that you've seen doing well so far? Um, so I think it's really interesting um, when I'm speaking to companies that actually understanding whether they're really ready to hire because a, a, number of, a number of people think they should hire, think they do need people to be joining their business, but they're not actually sure about how to go about it. And, and the how-to actually is the, is, is the bit that really excites me the most because I know how to do it. I know, I know how we can tailor programs for different types of company, different sizes of company. Once we understand, and, and I really enjoy going in and understanding exactly what the project is, exactly what the company is trying to achieve by these new people joining them, being part of their family. Once I understand that, I think we could get over any of the challenges. But the, the biggest challenge I think I've seen is um, that people aren't, aren't sure how to do it. Um, they've got to balance uh, budgeting with uh, time. Um, a lot of companies have internal teams that do a fantastic job, but they are used to perceiving us as the enemy, these internal teams. Whereas I think that anybody, any external recruitment agency worth their salt now needs to be really, really assured that we are the, su the support element of uh, the marketplace. And we are here to support the internal teams. We are here for when things are tough for when it's niche and for when it needs to be fast. Um, and, um, and we have to build trust with our clients to make sure that um, they understand that we're going to have their best interests. And I think that, um, you know, recruitment sort of three, four, five years ago wasn't necessarily like that. So it is, um, I think the, the challenge that I see people facing is they're not sure who to trust, they're not sure who to go out to. And um, I've really been enjoying talking to different companies about exactly what we can do to help. And everything that we're doing from the Ultimate Fintech Workplace Awards to the podcast to your Fintech Focus TVs, um, I'm, I'm really proud of uh, what we do to give back to the industry. And every placement to me is about giving back to the industry as long as it is a placement for, for the right reasons and will be a good long-term placement. And that's everything that we're about. So it is challenging, but that's recruitment, right? Um, and uh, we're here to, 
jump over those hurdles and help people get to the solution. So uh, for me, I think it's really exciting time. Yeah, I, I think one of the, 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 the really interesting parts is just people's perception of the, of the market because you know, the, the mass press talks about job reductions, et cetera, and, and uh, you know, unemployment. Yet when we look at this sort of phase, the, the challenge has been, particularly over the last few months, hasn't been a sort of massive uh, surplus of, of candidates and, uh, and loads and loads of jobs uh, you know, and, and too few opportunities. It's been a lot of opportunities and candidates still remains the, uh, the commodity. So every good developer, every good analyst, every good salesperson will have three, four opportunities every single time. And I think where people have struggled is actually getting that employee value proposition absolutely right. And that's why I've loved the Ultimate FinTech Workplace Awards conversations so much, because actually having those conversations, I, was, I did one yesterday, uh, and I really, really enjoyed my, my, my one yesterday, because it was two people who were sat there, CEO and COO of a business, who were sat there and talking about their company. And I think it's the first time they sort of spent a bit of time, half an hour, for, for a while, just sat there talking about why it's a great place to work. And you could see them feeding the energy off each other <clears throat> about why that was uh, so great. And it was great fun. You know, it was great fun doing that. And I said, look, if you've got that video and you can put that to any prospective employee uh, who wants to come and join you, it would be very, very difficult for them to do it if they had an offer that was five grand, 10 grand more elsewhere, if they had an offer from you know, a much bigger organization or whatever it was. And you put that energy and enthusiasm and opportunity and everything they were talking about their business in front of people. Yet what we see is people who are going through the interview process, um, you know, shining the torch in the face of the uh, the interviewee and saying, "Why, why should uh, why should you, you know, we we employ you?" But that storytelling of why that person should come into your business is so so critical if you want to secure those A players and that best talent. And there's some companies who do that brilliantly, uh, absolutely brilliantly, and we've seen some great examples of that. And there's some people who get it wrong and have to keep on going back to square one to then be able to do that. And we can help that. And, and uh, some of the conversations, I had one of my favorite ever conversations in recruitment last week uh, with Lee Harding, uh, where we were talking and we got asked to, to go on with, with uh, the senior team, the executive team of, of, a, of, a, of a client of ours. And they were talking about how they can do this and how they can attract the best sort of talent. And uh, we were just giving them complete consultation and advice around uh, what they can do and how they can stand out. Because they've got a brilliant company with a brilliant story but they were just uh, uh, needing to point themselves in the, in the right direction to get that story across and to, and to understand what attracting the best talent into their business was. And that's really cool because that's, that's, that's much more than bums on seats and saying, here's a spec and go and find me the person and chuck over a few CVs. <laughs> yeah. That's not recruitment, that's, that's not recruitment consultancy. Uh, and that sort of evolution of the job into what I think it should be. And this, is, this has always been my soapbox moment, talking about you know, recruitment, service, recruitment as a professional service. You, know, you look at the professions and you see accountancy and law and medicine, et cetera, et cetera, as those sort of kudos careers and recruitment's always been a little bit second fiddle. But if you look actually at what makes it any, any company great, it is that quality of people they want to come into. So we've got to, as an industry, raise the bar, raise the standards and be a genuine consultative industry to help people find the best possible talent and give them the best possible advice and be a professional service to allow companies to really, uh, really thrive and, and, uh, and get that people piece right, which is the, the, the maker and breaker of any business. And, and, uh, and there's been some fantastic conversations on that, some real innovation in, in what our team are doing, the conversations we're having about how we can uh, globally 
Um, you know, James, I know last week was was talking to companies who, who are looking to scale in South America, in Singapore, in Europe and, and America. Uh, and that's, uh, you know, that's, that's exciting. And we're looking at global solutions for businesses and, and coming in there and being extensions and genuine partners of, of, of that company. And that's, you know, that, that is far, far more interesting than, than uh, I need a, uh, I need someone tomorrow. Can you get me it? And, and here's a piece of paper and I don't want to talk about it, but just get, you know, throw me overseas. Yeah, that's, not, that's not, that's not professional uh, services and that's not taking, you know, that you know, the job of you bring the best people into your company to the, to the highest level of it. So I'm really, really excited about all of that sort, that sort of thing. And I think the key thing about, about everything that, you know, we've been saying today about how, how we love to do recruitment is that we save so much money for our clients by doing it that way. Like that's the simple facts. Like I remember when we first started this business back in 2010, um, I wrote uh, an article on how much money you lose by hiring the wrong person. Um, and you know what, we could, we could repost that article now and it would be just as valid because yeah. you, it adds up into the hundreds of thousands. And that isn't necessarily someone who's earning a hundred thousand. And imagine hiring three wrong people. Suddenly you're talking about nearly half a million pounds of wasted time, effort, uh, energy, um, and, and how to actually get out of that situation. So I think that, you know, look, me and you, we're so positive and so passionate about this industry, but the clear facts are that we, if, if we do this right, and if, if we can work with people in the correct way, where we can give them options, we can help them identify the right long-term people for them, we're saving people money. And that, that to me is a great mission, mission for us. It's about improving the industry and um, making sure that every single client that we have um, any exposure to, we're, we're adding value to them and saving them money in the long run. Definitely, definitely. Let, let's finish by talking about Harrington Star and a few of the things that we've been up to uh, this, this week as well. Um, and, uh, and, and then we can, uh, we can round off and talk about it. You've had some success with the, uh, the 17% list. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so I've been, um, I'm, I'm absolutely in love with the 17% list at the moment. So just to give a bit of a pricey on it, um, we still only have 17% of women uh, compared to men within the technology space. That figure has been, uh, it's a shocking figure and has been the same for the last three, three, four, five years. Um, that people do debate exactly how long. Um, in Computer Weekly said it has been the same for 10 years. I've, I've looked into it and I'd probably say for four years, this is the figure. Uh, the, the point is, is that it's not changing. And there's so much that we have, we have done in the industry to try and change it. So it actually feels like a bit of a kick in the teeth. So um, my 17% list is what I think, um, something that will allow real change to happen. And it's really basic. I've been signing up different companies across the industry who tell me that diversity and inclusion is at the top of their agenda, is something that they care about. Um, and all that these individuals have to do is receive an email from me every two weeks. And in that email, I am providing them evidence of the women that are working within technology right now and the women that we are representing. So it's twofold my purpose. Number one, I would like to achieve by Christmas 150 individual companies signed up to this mission, because I think Imagine if you've got 150 companies out there that no longer think women don't exist in technology and they don't allow anyone on their board to say, oh, we'd have loved to have hired a woman, but we just couldn't find one. Like, we've got to erase this sort of awful, or, or, awful unconscious bias um, or conscious bias or just rubbish. Like, we've got to erase that. And I just think, what's the best way of erasing it? Let's show people evidence. Um, 
So that's my first purpose. But my second is that out of all the podcasts that I recorded for the Women of Fintech podcast series, 89 women told me within their careers, at some point, a role was created for them. And these women are C-level, senior leadership positions within our industry. So why aren't we listening to them? Like if roles were created for them and they're in the C-level positions of our industry, why aren't we creating roles when we say as an industry, we'd like to have more women within this industry? So um, this week I've had so many wins because I've signed up six new people, um, which I'm really excited about. And I've got another three that are reviewing the proposition and I'll be talking to them early next week. So I really feel like it's on a roll, but the most, the most rewarding thing for me is that every two weeks, the three women that I do represent, um, I often get follow-up emails from them over the weekend, just because they've had a second over the weekend to let it sink in of what I'm actually trying to do here. And these emails, like, you know, I should, I should probably share them because they are so heartfelt and they mean so much to me to hear from these incredible women in the industry that someone is actually standing up for them. And that's how they feel. Like someone is standing up for them. And, you know, as you know, Toby, this is the majority of my role now. I've put everything behind this. I believe in it so much to, to change this industry. Um, so wins for me are that, We've signed up more companies that I believe will actually, through seeing this evidence, will start behaving differently. And once we start behaving differently, we're not just saying we'd like to be more diverse. We were going to behave in that way. And when we behave in that way, next year, it won't be only 17%. It could be 18, 19, 20. And we've got a responsibility to change that. So um, I'm, yeah, super, super excited about it. Well, that's another rebrand that we need for the 17% club. When we're, when we're rebranding, we're moving in the right direction. That's going to be awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's been, um, it's been a, a really good uh, start to the month, I think, for, you know, for, for, for the business. And, um, yeah, it's great to see promotions. We've had uh, Harriet promoted this, uh, this month as well, which is great. And uh, well deserved. she's been uh, uh, flying up through the ranks, ranks with us and a, and a thoroughly deserved promotion on the, uh, on the billing side for, you know, for, for her. Um, we've grown the team uh, with uh, Rhiannon Woodrow going to be coming over and joining us as well to, to, to swell out the ranks. So it's great to see the, uh, the team uh, growing and, and the opportunity. And thank you to all of our clients and candidates who've, uh, who's, who've helped us with that. If we're growing, it's because uh, everything is, is moving right in the right sort of direction there as well. Uh, we've had some good fun um, and there's been some, some great wins. I think probably the star of the week so far has been... Uh, uh, George Bean, who's been uh, dominating the buy side this week and, and got some great, uh, great people, some great positions. And he's done some, you know, as, as people who deserve some, uh, some, some good work. He's been uh, phenomenal over the last couple of months, really sort of growing and working, working really hard and to see that sort of payoff for him has been fantastic. So promotions, growth, success, those are all the things that we like as ingredients into it. And the final one of those in my sort of mixture of, uh, of, of great recruitment businesses is, is a bit of fun. And, uh, you mentioned before uh, Annie's uh, magical bake-off, which was which was great fun. We've got Dom's cocktail masterclass coming up today, uh, and then also we're going to be doing a, a fair amount of training this afternoon, which I always love. And, and I know you've got some uh, ideas there to keep everyone's skill sets moving forward. You've been taking loads of feedback from all of the team uh, and making sure that we're looking at those individual and uh, you know development areas that people are looking for. So. I've loved it. You know, I've really loved it. I think it's been a great week. There's been some great people we've been speaking to, some big client wins, um, you know, some real traction on the buy side at the moment, some great new vendors you know, coming out of it. We've got some great people lined up on the, on the shows. 
um, and uh, and you've got a baby that's managed to get some sleep now on top mm. of you. So, so. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's probably the, that's probably the cherry on the cake, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, we put her to sleep with our fintech chair. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully everyone else is uh, isn't uh, asleep yeah. at the moment, having listened to all of this. I hope not. Um, but listen, Nadia, it's been a, a pleasure, as always, sharing all of that with you. I'm looking forward to these every single week coming out on the weekend. Looking forward to the week ahead and reviewing the week before it, uh, previous to it. Um, anything you want to find, finish up on? Um, yeah, so uh, everybody keep an eye out for Finestra's Hackathon. Um, I'll be talking next week on Thursday um, about uh, women in technology um, and how we can create a more equal workplace. Um, the hackathon itself has just recently been extended to uh, the end of December, December the 22nd. Um, I'm on the judging panel as well, so um, I, we'll, we'll, we'll tag the hackathon to this so that people can go and have a look. Um, but it's really exciting times for Finastra and what they're trying to do for equality in the workplace, so I'm massively back for them. Keep an eye on that for sure. So we have podcasts now coming out from Nadia and myself every single day of the week. So we ask you for nothing other than to please subscribe, uh, to rate, to review. Give us a five-star review if you're so kind. Uh, and that can just go out and spread the word even further and make sure that everyone and more people are, are going to be able to listen to the great stories we're sharing of incredible businesses in the fintech space who are doing great things. And that's our passion, helping companies grow their teams, grow their networks and grow their brands. So thanks for listening. We hope you've enjoyed it. And Nadia, I will see you next week. See thanks you next lot. week. Thank you.